It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, May 4th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that has a lot of thoughts and feelings about that Chuck Fletcher presser. I have to second that. We'll get into it coming up right now. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all our episodes and Flyers news, all that fun stuff. You can also email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to talk all about that Chuck Fletcher press conference yesterday. So much came out of it, and so we've got a lot to get to. We'll start that right away. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. First and foremost, we got confirmation on the news that we heard from Kevin Weeks the night before, saying that Mike Yo was officially out as the Flyers' interim head coach. No surprise. We knew it was coming. We've also figured he's probably going to stick around. Unless he gets another coaching job, which I'm not sure it's going to happen. Yeah, I think that was the most interesting part because you're right. We have had those conversations that is there a different role for Mike Yo that would make sense in this organization? We had talked specifically about him coaching in Lehigh Valley where he could focus on player development Mm -hmm. and introducing systems to young players as opposed to being responsible for influencing veteran players and trying to get a team to turn around. You know, he could kind of start from scratch with some of these guys, which might be a better role for him in the grand scheme of things. Would not be opposed to it at all. Uh, and Chuck Fletcher basically said as much in terms of wanting to keep him around. They're going to talk to him about it, but he's free to seek other opportunities as well. I, I do want to stress, though, he is not Scott Gordon. Even if no. he does go down to Lehigh, it's a different energy. He isn't as detail-oriented he doesn't command the room like Gordon does. It may be a step up from Ian LaPerrier, but it's not the same still. I don't think so either. I think Scott Gordon was an absolute treasure. And it was, he was. A, a real tragedy that we lost him in the process of everything that happened the year before. But as far as looking for a new coach, I think what we sort of feared came true out of this press conference that they have not really sat down and had those clear discussions. They don't have a path forward in terms of what they're looking for yet that Chuck Fletcher said they're going to now create a candidate profile, which is not encouraging, in my opinion. No, this is corporate speak, and it's really discouraging especially when i i went on like sirius xm and mick kern just said the same thing you did well they had to know at some point mike yo wasn't the guy why weren't they looking then and you don't have an answer and he doesn't have an answer and so the only thing i can respond with is they're now behind they're now behind yeah they're absolutely behind and i could 
fully understand not having, say, candidates in mind at this mm -hmm. moment, but to not have the profile of the potential coach you're looking for at this point puts them way behind the eight ball. He specifically answered a question saying that he has no time frame in mind. There isn't right. a, a draft day deadline. There isn't a free agency deadline for this, which is also worrisome because you absolutely want this new coach. Whether or not he has final say, he at least should have some say in those discussions. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not at the draft, but as far as free agency, he has to. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, again, it's just everything is is behind. The, the problem that I see brewing here is by the time a coach comes in, this management consortium of theirs will have a lot of things decided already that maybe a coach says, that's great, great that you guys have, have it figured out, but that's not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge potential roadblock moving forward to not only having a coach be able to do the best job possible, but to hiring the right coach in the first place. Yeah, it's, it's just, again, they made signings this year that impact the future. Okay. But now you're going to potentially have free agent pickups that could impact this new coach again if this coaching thing were to slog through like the middle of you know July which, again, is not a great look. None of this looks skillful. None of this looks like it's by design. Matter of fact, <clears throat> now that we've been able to peel away this layer, basically Mike Yo was literally brought in there with a fire extinguisher, and they've just been trying to put out this fire ever since. And, you know, in Chuck's mind, maybe some things got better. I'm not sure of that. Um, he said it did. I, I haven't really seen much evidence, but other than the kid line, and they broke that up. So I, I don't know. I can tell you this. Just having managed in the corporate world, you never want to do um, crisis management, and that's all that's been happening here for months is crisis management. Well, it's interesting because one of the things that we talked about yesterday and one of the things I was looking for was a clear identification of what the problems with the team were and a plan to address those issues. So in terms of the issues that Chuck Fletcher brought up, I think he was spot on to a large degree in terms of knowing what the problem is, which is the same thing Mike Yo could do. He could name all the issues, but as far as having... Yeah, every week he named them. Yeah. Right, but neither one of them seemed to have clear solutions right now. So he did identify the key issues of not being able to defend well. They need to defend less because they didn't have the puck as much, right? So puck possession is a huge problem for the Flyers and that zone exits were a huge problem. And I think there's more than just those things going on with this team. Oh, you know, there obviously, yeah. he talked about you know special teams and the power play being a problem as well. But I think for the most part, he has a grasp from the hockey perspective on what the executional problems were with the team this year. Well, I got deja vu, and I'm going to ask a question. I'm putting you in the hot seat now. Honestly, what's different now than from when Chuck was first hired? Well, that's interesting because he himself referred to when he was first hired in terms of those decisions that were made and that he sees this offseason as very similar 
to that in terms of what he needs to do. He needs to hire a coach. He hired Alain Vigneault then. Um, he needed to fill a couple roles. I think that's when they traded for Justin Braun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he uh, managed to go through a, a draft and a free agency season without losing any draft picks. And I think that's exactly kind of what his approach is coming up now. But now we're two years later. So I don't know. Yeah, and they under- have to stop referring to the bubble, too, because that was a yeah. complete anomaly of a season. It was. That aside, I just think the fact that he's clearly stating that the team is in the same spot as they were two years ago is a huge ding. And I don't know that he was seeing it that way, which I don't think he thought it was that way when he was saying it. But Mm -hmm. it was very clear to me when I was sitting there that I've sat through this before. Like, this is exactly what I sat through at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think was most alarming to me. Now, as far as a solution goes, he was pressed uh, a lot about what he th- sees as an aggressive retool. And so to him, he said it's being aggressive in every area. And according to his own evaluation, self-evaluation, he's doing okay so far because he made good trade deadline moves, including getting Owen Tippett, um, the college signings. He knows that moving forward they need to get a little younger and a little faster he's working some of the guys getting healthier into the plan i will say this these are basic job requirements that Mm -hmm. he is talking about getting some sort of return for claude Giroux, signing the guys that you know you have to sign like this is this is not going above and beyond in the job and honestly is there such a thing as an aggressive retool with an eye on the future? No, it's a high wire act. Well, it's also interesting because he was asked about whether or not uh, the moves he's going to make this offseason were geared more for a win now approach versus a long term approach. And we're going to talk about that next. But first, we're going to talk about our friends at Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders your parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, from expert mechanics to beginner do-it-yourselfers. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whatever you need for your car, you'll be able to get it to get your car in shape. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in, in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from all our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing our discussion from earlier, I mentioned that he was asked about his approach being win now versus long term. He said a little bit of both and that how quickly they become competitive again will be dependent on the growth of their young players and the health of the injured players, which fair to some degree, but think that 
is trying to hedge his bets in terms of the injuries. Well, yeah, there's there's yeah. no question. Um, you know, and last year's offseason was part and parcel because they couldn't count on the youngsters. Now what he's not telling you is because of a bad cap, they have to count on the youngsters. Like, mm -hmm. that's it. Like, they just, you know, they don't have a lot of options there. They may open up some space, but not enough to make a major, you know, they might be able to do one big move, in other words, if that's right. what they want to do, and I don't suggest it. But then as far as the injured, okay, I'm not worried about Sean Couturier. He's fine. I, I think at his age, that kind of injury, good offseason, no problem. The thing with Ryan Ellis now is what we've been able to, and again, I'll go back to some other reporters that I've spoken to that have been around 30, 40 years that have never experienced a situation like this before with almost no explanation and no timetable for return. The only thing they were able to say again about Ryan Ellis is he's not getting operated on, or at least not now. And, you know, in July, they'll have a better idea. Well, in July, when they get a better idea, is that the day the free agency opens? Is that when you're going to check back in? Is will you have a new coach then? I, what's the what's what's the lineup going to look like then? Do you understand? It's all connected, and there's a lot of you know a lot of things here that are going to be very undetermined, even by the time they hit July. I'm going to go back to what we talked about yesterday and the, my point that he went along with, I think, fully on this in terms of having a better sense as the physical therapy or whatever he's doing. Right. right. He will know in four to six weeks better what Ryan Ellis's prognosis is going to be, and he'll be able to make decisions about free agency relative to that. And I think that's absolutely fair. Uh, because I think that he has to give this a chance. They've invested so much in it. He has it has to give him a chance. And oh, I sure. don't I don't think it's going to be like, oh, suddenly it's July 1st and we don't we don't know anything until right this second. And now we suddenly have to make decisions. I, I'm going to give him a little bit more credit than that. OK, but I'll tell you what they won't know. They won't know um, because he did reference Ryan Ellis how that'll help their zone exits. You don't know if he's going to be that same guy. You don't even know if he'll be a top pairing guy anymore. That is also fair, too. And that's what I'm saying. And I think you're saying, too, to a large degree in terms mm -hmm. of everything being connected. And there's a holistic approach. Yes. I I'm just saying that you can't, like, ding him for not knowing Ryan no, Ellis' no, no. prognosis I'm not dinging now. him for that. But I'm, I'm, I guess the little part that I'm dinging him for is there doesn't seem to be a clear cut plan B like we've talked about too. Yes. Well, yes, exactly. I think that he is counting on some of the younger players taking a step forward and filling some of those spots. And he talked about the the cap issues specifically related to all that when asked if the cap issues will necessitate a more long-term approach versus the win now, like we've been talking about. And he said that the win now part is that the younger guys are going to be improved. Some of the mid-aged players like a Travis Konechny, like an Ivan Provorov will improve. And so we'll get these newer guys integrated. The younger guys are going to improve. And then we'll have some a few signings here and there to okay, augment so the let team. Me ask you a question. And that's what his approach is to manage yes. the cap. So let me ask you this question, because he talked about some analytics and such. Do you believe that Travis Konechny is fine now? I don't, but he basically said that he is. I don't think he, he knows either. 
No, I don't think he, he knows was. That. He said going into this offseason, we're not worried about Travis Konecki. He's fine. He scored towards the end. This is his worst goal-scoring year. And, and Chuck was basically like, well, we looked at the analytics of it, and it's better lately. Like, that's basically what he said. Well, I think he's going to have to look at it holistically and and see what makes sense. You know, I, I don't know that Travis Konechny is going to be fine going into next season. But I think that according to what he's saying, they're going to be looking at all of this together and making the decisions on what younger kids are going to step up and, and be able to make the team and given the opportunity to make the team and what kind of free agents they're going to go after and what potential trades they're going to make. Have you ever tried to make a decision with like five or six of your family members? Oh, it's brutal. It can be brutal and it could take way longer than if you had a smaller circle. You know what I mean? For the important stuff. Um, look, when you have scouting meetings, everybody comes in, hash it all out. But at some point, the circle's got to get very small. I think so, too. But I also think having more information for that small circle to rely on to make those decisions is important. And he has made some of those inroads to try and get more information through expanding their analytics team and such. And, you know, I, he talked a little bit uh, about the medical staff and he admitted he absolutely admitted to the guys coming back too soon, which is a, I don't think he had a choice do you No, But I mean, it's a huge step nonetheless, because he hadn't sent it thus far and they're going to ask all the same questions in terms mm -hmm. of what what does our staff look like do we need more people do we need a different kind of structure here on the medical side um, how can we invest in the training staff and medical evaluation process so again he's saying the right things and he's recognizing a problem but i'm gonna not gonna hold my breath waiting for an effective solution well, from him right right um i, I will say it like this how many years was he on the job? I mean, this is his third off season, right? So three years into the job, and now we're going to look at all the injury things. It's not like it's just popped up this year. This year has been the worst case example of it, but this has been going on for a while. Yeah. And he's not gotten around to it. I think he just didn't want to throw anybody under the bus about it until he absolutely had to. And, and so that's my take on that. But, okay. I, you know, I can see otherwise as well i'm just glad they talked about it and there is in theory a plan to start to address it all right we are going to talk more about some of the individual players that he talked about in the presser and we're going to get to some unanswered questions coming up next but first, summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. You can throw them in your bag or in your kid's backpack. And the best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. And have you tried their puffs? They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro and they're only 140 calories? All Built Bars and the Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. And if that's not enough flavor for you, then try a mixed box. The box comes with 12 flavors of Built Bars and Puffs. They make sure there's something in there for everyone. My favorite flavor is Cherry Barcia, so they better include that. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, it's going to have about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. 
Go to Built.com to get all your favorites. Banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, so much more. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So Russ, a few players were singled out at this press conference. We talked a, a lot about Ryan Ellis so far. Uh, I do think, you know, in addition to what we've talked about already, that Chuck Fletcher said that it's the best he's felt about the situation mm-hmm. in a long time. They have a clear plan, but no, it's aggressive. Like we talked about, they'll have a better idea in a month or so, um, and they'll make some decisions at that point. Also defensively, he talked a lot about Ivan Provorov. I know when we talked about the players' exit interviews, Provy was a little bit uh, contentious. Salty. Yeah. Salty is a good word uh, with the media. But uh, Chuck Fletcher said, no, you know, there's no like problem here. He's not polarizing. Uh, we respect who he is and what he does. And just reiterated, oh, we just haven't found the right D partner that works to his best benefit. But he gets the top matchups for a reason. And they've asked a lot of him this season. Okay. They have asked a lot of him. He definitely was frustrated. I'm not sure at this point in his career, though, that how he does should be dependent on the partner they get for him. He's the only guy in the team they talk about this with. And so that's a development issue that you should be attacking rather than telling the media the same thing you've been saying for the last three years. I mean, why don't we just call Matt Niskan in again? See what he's doing. I don't know what he's up to. Do you? No, but you know what I mean? Like, this is the, the lunacy of it. It's like... You have to look at it from a different direction. Now, listen, there's murmurs that he's not exactly perfect in the locker room, Ivan Provorov. And so the murmurs are out there. And Chuck is trying to tamp it down because he knows he can't get anybody to play those kinds of minutes for that cap-fitting salary. So I get it. I get it from from his standpoint. But from the Flyers' standpoint, they need to sit Ivan Provorov down and say, hey, listen. We've tried for three years to get you the right D partner. You seem to play okay with Cam York, but he's not really ready to be a a top pairing guy, but he might be based on injury this year. You know, we we know that. Um, But you've got to work on some things here. Just because you're in great physical shape, which he is, just because you're really smart out there, which he is, there are other parts of your game that have to improve. His decision-making for half a season sucked. It was brutal. And he's got to own some of that. I think so. But I also think that if Chuck Fletcher does what he says he's going to do to try and fix the overall issues with the team, let's say improving the power play, maybe Ivan Provorov doesn't have to play the power play or he's on Mm -hmm. on power play too. And that'll solve part of the problem, honestly, because a lot of his dings for Provorov are as power play minutes which no, but are his five not on five decision making yeah. is not what totally it used understood. to be. Totally yeah. understood. Totally yeah, understood. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying if the team fixes some of their overarching issues, some players' individual problems will go away because they'll be used more effectively. Okay. Um, I will say that I appreciated what he had to say about Morgan Frost, that he recognized the progress that Morgan Frost has made and that he appreciated Morgan Frost's ability to handle constructive criticism and that he finished the season real strong. So, I think the fact that he sees what we're seeing, that Mm -hmm. when Frost is given situations where he can be confident, he'll succeed and he'll thrive on this team. Yeah, just don't yo-yo him. Put him in a spot. Mm -hmm. Leave him there for a few months. 
That's what they need to do. Exactly. Exactly. He also, you know, praised Travis Sanheim, which I thought was important to do as well. Well, and he also has to try and get him signed to a contract. Well, you know, there is that. He, there yeah. is that. <laughs> well, I mean, we have to look at it from all sides. And that yeah. is an important side because if Travis Sanheim's agent looks out there and wants to get him top of the market value for what he does, mm-hmm. he could price the flyers out. That is true. Speaking of Cam York, who you mentioned, uh, a lot of good things to say about Cam York. He's exactly what this team needs, and he expects him to come back raring and and ready to go next fall. Same for Tanner Luzinski, which I thought Mm -hmm. was great as well, that that he recognizes it's going to take a full year to recover from the kind of surgery that he had. And so by next fall, the expectation is that he'll be in a really good spot. So that's really good as, as well, because I think a guy like him in the body six it will be really helpful there's a plus and a minus to the lisinski lisinski was showing progress last you know um training camp and they needed someone to play that spot when he couldn't keep up with it which is fair because you know he's coming back from a bad injury right. um that put him in a tough spot if tanner lisinski can't do it again which i think he can but if he can't it's again going to put him in a spot where now they have to look at are we keeping patrick brown are we looking, you know what I mean? Like it could solve a lot of problems if he's ready. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, what we'll find out at training camp. I think one of the biggest personnel items to come out of it was that they absolutely have a plan to sign Ivan Fedotov and bring him over and that he will compete for that number two job. Well, I, I think right. that's huge. It is huge that they want him. They're putting the intention out there so the player knows, A, he's still got to be able to cross the border. And I just had a friend who did it. And it's very hard at the moment. Like, it's not easy for anybody. Mm-hmm. So there's that. They're also going to offer him a ton of cash to stay one more year in the KHL. And we don't know how he's going to react to that. And the third part, which, again, Chuck probably doesn't know himself, but he might have an idea. We don't know if he wants to come over here to be a backup. A lot of these guys don't want to be a backup. I mean, you saw Sorokin. He was willing to do it with Farlamov because that was his good buddy. Fedotov, he may not want to do it. I would see, though, that this would be a positive situation for him, even if he signed a short-term deal, because with Carter Hart, it's a 1A, 1B situation, and this you know gets his feet wet in the NHL. I think it's a really good potential situation for him. But, but he was a see. one there. Like, you get it. Sometimes guys just want to be a one. We don't know how he's going to react. I think he can do it. I do think he could do the job. No question about it. And I think Chuck did the right thing by putting his best foot forward. But this is by no means like a guarantee. Not at all. I will say that it was very, very disheartening to hear about Sam Moran, that his playing days are over. Glad that they're going to try and figure out a way to keep him in the organization to work with them somehow. I think that's the right thing to do. And uh, God, I feel so terrible for him. Yeah, me too. I, you know. I was with him at the draft. I was with him in his first development camp. We, myself and Tim Panaccio made sure he got a longer stick in his rookie year before the season started. Cause he didn't know he could petition the league for a longer stick. Like I, I, you know, I had a lot invested in him and, and I feel bad too. He's a great, great guy. All right. Well, as far as unanswered questions, I think for me, the biggest thing was that there was really nothing about Lehigh Valley, the coaching there and how they're going to move forward with integrated player development. No, nothing. So, you know, uh, that is 
the part that bothers me the most because I think from an organizational standpoint, there was no clear plan for that this past season. And that's a huge part of development. I mean, we can now honestly say it's an yeah. it's an afterthought. So hopefully we hear more about that in the future. But I, I think that, you know, again, for me, that was the biggest missing note that Chuck Fletcher did not address. Well, the other missing note was he didn't address trying to gain cap space. He didn't. He just talked about it the way it is now. Mm -hmm. He didn't talk about any kind of plan as to what he might want to do to improve that cap space. He didn't talk about landing any kind of free agent. Like maybe, you know, again, at least he stopped using the blank checkbook thing um, that Dave Scott had rolled out earlier in the year. But still, he didn't kind of even get close to identifying what he might want to or have to do in free agency why because he doesn't even know he doesn't have the cap space yet this is and the other thing is he way oversold wade allison hoping that he'd be healthy next year and that he could play wade allison is a great guy he is a talented hockey player he has never played i think it's more than 50 games in the last four or five years now well again you know to be determined and hopefully we'll be able to get more answers out of Chuck Fletcher as this offseason progresses. Uh, lots more to talk about for sure with this. Wrapping up with a Flyers fun thing. It's not really a Flyers fun thing. It's an everybody fun thing. But happy Star Wars Day. It's May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Yeah, I went to a, a Star Wars night. Really, it was one of the first of its kind at, at the Mets, uh, at a Met game. And it was fun. It's really, uh, love the movie. Loved everything about it. I'm not so great, though, that I know every character. Like, you probably know more characters than I do, but but I'm pretty good. Yeah, I, I do my best. I do my best. Uh, Last Jedi, great movie. That was my controversial statement of the day. That'll do it for today's show. And we will be back again tomorrow, of course, with our prospect profile on Joachim Kemmel. We're going to continue our playoffs bandwagon series with Russ's picks. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup final victory, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.